That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Today, you can check out all of our podcasts and resources by going to thatsoberguy.com. Always good to be with you today. Coming up on 10 years of That Sober Guy podcast this April. I don't know. It's pretty insane to me and amazing at the same time. Just hundreds of great guests and um, lots of great opportunities to connect with people and talk about Um, Obviously sobriety, but how do we become better fathers, better husbands, better leaders in our community, uh, better spiritually connected, uh, better fit, overall health and wellness. And uh, man, just what a a great opportunity it is to to be of service and to help facilitate these conversations. So I just really appreciate everyone who supported the show over the years. And uh, man, I just, uh, I love you guys and I appreciate you and just want to throw that out there. And a shout out to Humans Music as well. Always digging that intro music. Our, our guest today, who I'm going to get to in just a second here, I see him bobbing his head to the humans music. It's such a great little intro, so it, it hopefully brings some energy, and they got lots of great tracks out there, so you can check those guys out. I think it's humansmusic.com, and uh, also, obviously, Spotify, iTunes, all the major uh, platforms where uh, where we do listen to some tunes at. Um, our guest today is Chandler Rogers and uh, really excited to chat with him today. Um, Chandler is the founder and CEO of Relay, uh, which is a digital recovery tool uh, that helps people find peer support uh, and and shame free accountability. And uh, I love um, I love that because you know a lot of the times with addiction, with um, alcoholism, things that we struggle with just in life. There's there's a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. I know I experienced that. Um, and, uh, it still pops up, you know, now and again, even after 10 years, you know, of, of being alcohol free, uh, but Chandler through his own personal journey, uh, journey of recovery, um, grew passionate about overcoming the isolation and really coming together with others to find healing through connection. Um, and there's been tons of studies on that and found that connection relationship is really at the foundation of starting to improve our lives, starting to become better connected uh, spiritually um, with our, our fellow humans as well. Um, but uh, prior to Relay, Chandler worked as a product manager for various different tech companies, and uh, he holds a bachelor's in business strategy from BYU uh, and lives in the Salt Lake City area with his wife and newborn son. Uh, so it's really great to have him on today, Chandler. Uh, great to chat with you, man, and congrats on the newborn son as well, man. Oh, thank you, man. No, I'm super happy to be here and honored as you approach 10 years of the podcast so we get to be chatting today. So yeah. Super happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And uh, you're out in the Salt Lake City area. Um, yeah. How old is your son, by the way? Just a couple of months or what are we coming up on? So Yeah, he turns two months this next week. So oh, man. yeah, I've just been popping back into the swing of work this last, you know, this last month and not sleeping a lot, but it has been so amazing. I, yeah. It's just been a cool, cool journey so far. Yeah, absolutely nothing better than being a dad. And I will say probably um, one of the top challenges at the same time, <laughs> lots of oh, ups yeah. and downs. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to figure that one out. <laughs> Are you like the pit the uh, the pit stop uh, crew diaper changer yet? Where I don't you know just changing oh, them diapers. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. This might sound like sick and twisted, but like I, I tell my wife, I'm like, does he need to be changed? Like I want to do it. I don't know if I, I just take some sort of pride in like being the one to change the diapers. It it feels fulfilling. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> funny, crazy. man. 
<laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Well, well good stuff, man. So um, let's uh, let's get to know you a little bit. For those out there listening, um, you know, give us a little background about your own uh, kind of journey, and then obviously we'll get into how uh, how you founded Relay, and then what that is, and how folks can uh, can get in touch with your company and learn more about that too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I guess my story goes back to my childhood. I was the oldest of five kids. Uh, we moved around a lot. My dad just kind of changed companies, um, you know, every few years when different promotion opportunities came along. And so we, we uh, let's see, I, I was born in Utah. We moved to Arizona, California, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I became a Packers fan during the Brett Favre era. Nice. Uh, right as Aaron Rodgers was stepping in, uh, I remember they they canceled school after they won the Super Bowl. For like a week or something just so people could so celebrate. People were going crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. All the teachers, you know, everyone's just a, a cheesehead up there. Yeah. Uh, so I was there for five years and then I went to high school in Washington State uh, near Tacoma um, up there in Washington and then moved out of the house, came to Utah for college. Um, before that, I uh, I went to New York for a couple of years. I did this like volunteer uh, service trip for my church and that was kind of a, a core part of my addiction story. But um, I guess going back even before that, being the oldest and moving around a lot, like I felt a lot of pressure to be, you know, a good person. And I, I think, uh, you know, people who would describe me as a kid would say that I, I learned quickly. I did well in school. Like I, I loved to help around the house. Like I felt engaged and happy when I was learning, when I was yeah. working. Um, and I remember my parents really instilled that sense of like ethic and like working hard, but also trying to be a good person. Uh, we were, you know, a faith-based family, you know, talked a lot about Jesus in our home growing up. And a big part of that was like kind of the rules aspect of like, you know, the different types of uh, ways in which, you know, hey, don't screw up pretty much. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I think kind of going into my teenage years, um, I kind of felt that that suppressed curiosity almost about like, I never really felt th the need to be rebellious or to go, you know, explore this or that. I, I felt like with moving around a lot, I didn't really have a particular friend group. So I had friends that were, you know, on the football team. I had friends that were, you know, in math club, like everything in between, like yeah. I kind of could get along with a variety of people. And I, looking back, maybe felt this sense of like kind of belonging everywhere, but also belonging nowhere. Mm. If that made sense. And at home yeah. feeling this pressure as the oldest and with the family culture to kind of perform and achieve and be successful. And uh, I remember kind of my my first like intro to realizing that addiction was even a thing was after I stumbled upon pornography for the first time. And it started becoming something that I turned back to uh, over mm. and over. And being a religious household, we'd actually talked about and my parents were like, hey, like this isn't good. Yeah. If you guys, you know, come across this stuff like don't do it right pretty much um it, you know it can create all sorts of bad problems for relationships and that was kind of something that they had they had told us um and so I, I didn't necessarily have a desire to go you know seeking it out but i was kind of in the era of you know the first generation that had smartphones in high school mm. and instagram kind of becoming a thing and bombarded with all sorts of you know really sexualized content yeah. um to be frank and I didn't, I didn't know how to handle that. And just being a normal, you know, teenage boy felt like, you know, curiosity was peaked. And as it kind of became something that was more habitual, I started realizing like, I, I don't know that I want to be doing this. And I started to make the conscious effort to stop. Mm. And it was kind of this phase, I think I was, you know, 17 at the time. So probably a junior in high school 
where, you know, after a few months of like really like focused on trying to control myself, like it was, it was really not about the porn watching or that like whatever, like if it was an addiction or not, I don't know. It's just the fact that I couldn't actually uh, align my decisions with what I wanted. So I, Mm -hmm. I would sit down and I would say, I like, this is the last time. And then I'd feel the urge, you know, and couldn't, you know, the craving would come and I couldn't do anything about it. It just felt like I was weak and I sucked. And that was kind of this shame cycle started to perpetuate where I felt, you know, all this shame of, you know, on the outside, people see Chandler as this kid who's doing well in school and sports and uh, music or whatever. And like, you know, not, not outwardly rebelling in any sort of visible way, but internally I started to really process this, Mm. I think, sense of character flaw like if i can't get a handle on this then i must be broken um and i must must suck right and like only people who you know are really off the deep end can't you know control their behaviors or control the choices they make yeah so it was this kind of like theme uh over the next couple years that really i think you know created some damage and, and also just um this unhealthiness in terms of just like it was really just about how many days clean could I be? There was nothing yeah. else really to it. Just white knuckling it, you know, no strategy, yeah. no nothing, no support. Can I just um, say re- real quick, yeah, as, as you're saying this and, and thanks so much, man, for just being open, because this is a, a big issue. Um, I think for a lot of dudes out there um, yeah. and even like we've had to have this talk already with my nine-year-old son already about yeah. this stuff, because it is pushed through media, through, um, all the different channels and you end up looking at some stuff that you don't even know how the heck you got there. And you go, wait, wait yeah. a minute. That's how I felt. I was like, how the heck did I even get yeah. here? <laughs> and it just, as you were saying that, it reminded me, I pulled it up Romans seven fifteen. I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but huh. what I hate I do. <laughs> and like, it's so yeah. like, it's so relevant in that where there's this spiritual battle and we can feel it in our flesh just takes over. And at the same time, and which we'll get into here in a little bit when you're done kind of sharing the isolation from that shame and guilt and all that stuff that comes with it. So I just kind of wanted to throw that in there because I think it's very relatable to uh, to oh, what yeah. you're sharing. Oh, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's super relevant. And and just feeling like, yeah, I hate what I do and I don't know how I got here. Yeah. And the only answer must be to try harder. Mm-hmm. And then with every time of trying harder and the results not changing, this internal message reinforces itself of, I must be broken and something is, you know, something's wrong with me. And my, my overall life, I didn't view as successful because of that. Mm. Um, it was hard for me to really find fulfillment or, or acknowledge even the ways that I I was progressing or growing or whatever. Um, and so eventually like, you know, after a while of this, I kind of realized that, you know, this approach wasn't working and I was, I was kind of open-minded to trying other things. And so I came across, um, basically like this ad on Facebook for a local like group uh, program for young adults. So like my age, 18 to 30 or whatever, for guys who are trying to develop like self mastery uh, mm. with, you know, porn habits or just general like sexual self mastery. And uh, you, you know, probably a lot of people would find that scary at this point. I was like, I, I really just want to get a handle on this yeah. and I feel like more, you know, lost than ever and incapable. I'm just going to try this. And so I ended up uh, joining that. It was over Zoom, led by a therapist weekly. It was basically group therapy. Mm. Um, 
the the clinician that I worked with, he was super cool. You know, I had no idea what to expect. Who are the other guys on this call going to be? Yeah. You know, I was expecting kind of you know creepy pedophile like weird you know people. <laughs> you know, yeah. everyone probably before their first you know recovery meeting, whatever you know the type of addiction, you're probably like, who the heck is going to yeah. be at these meetings? And do I fit that right? And what you know the stigma I think that a lot of times is false. Yeah. So I show up and and start getting to know the other guys in group, and my first impressions after that you know hour long call was like these guys are all really normal they all have like ambitions you know a lot of them were starting you know college or careers and um i think some of them even were you know newly married and and so a variety of ages but kind of like realizing you know they're not they're clearly not stupid like i wouldn't call them like terrible people i think it was starting to help me unwire my own misconceptions about myself that yeah um you can be a good person and be working on this struggle or any other struggle, you know, that, um, it's, it's, it's not really about that. It's about trying to uncover what is the pain that, that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to run from, or, you know, what's going on within me that, that I can look towards healing and not just sobriety, but overall health, uh, which I love that you brought up in the intro. Um, yeah. so that, that was kind of the first pivot point uh, for me, with that group program and realizing that, Hey, doing this together with other people and not in isolation, yeah. Is yeah, I, I love that you point out the fear um, of not knowing what to expect. We get a lot of emails and, and messages, you know, from um, and particularly men who are like, man, I, you know, I've never been to a meeting. I've never been to a men's group. I've never been to, um, you know, this kind of community aspect um, of of support. And I think the majority of people can feel that there's something missing when you're not a part of that because you start to isolate, you know, the shame, the guilt, which we've mentioned a couple of times now, or I have, um, and you get to a point where you start getting curious and then, and then like you said, you go in, you go, well, wait a minute, like these, these guys are pretty normal. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's always going to be a bad apple or, or a weird right. dude. And no matter what group you're in and yeah, that's true. That's true at, at work or school it is. or wherever. Yeah, it's like everywhere. Exactly. And and you know, the way that I kind of approach that in in my own walk, because I've had to deal with that too, and is like, well, maybe that's just God just teaching me to be patient and teaching me to be tolerant and teaching me to be forgiving. And in that kind of mindset of they're on their own walk, you know, and they may be weird or different, or I'm not like them or, you know, not, not looking so much at like what the, the differences are more or less like, Hey, we have this one thing in common here. And, and as a group, we're really powerful. So how did that group support kind of evolve for you? And what, uh, what took shape after that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm glad you touched on that because over the years I, I ended up being involved in this program for probably a total of four or five years um, I, I made a lot of progress pretty quickly, actually, just having that group support, yeah. um, from a sobriety perspective, I, I quickly made a lot of progress, but I think looking back, I was still kind of on my first iteration around the circle of like these layers of understanding and layers of recovery that, um, you know, I think I would continue to, to relearn some things as I yeah. went forward. Um, so I ended up going to New York actually. So, so kind of the the pivot in the story here is I took a break from, you know, after a year of this group program, I was in a better place. I decided to go do this two-year uh, mission trip for my church in New York. And uh, out there, a big, like really what we were doing for the two years that I was there is we were working with uh, a lot of families 
who were in the Hispanic population who had immigrated from other countries. And most of these people were like, like they had left their families and come here and they were working like three jobs to support them, uh, sending money back home. And I remember just working with a lot of people who were dealing with all sorts of types of addiction from drinking mm. to various substances to pornography and other things. Um, and I felt like I could really connect and, and empathize on a, on a personal level with them. And over the course of that time, working with just different people out there, um, you know, you, New York's, you know, one of the biggest cities in the, in the country and in, in the world and has just a cultural mesh of, of yeah. people and backgrounds. And so I feel like the more stories I would hear from totally different people, kind of like you brought out, like whether it was like personality differences or ethnicity or like whatever family yeah. situation, the more I would start to see that we really are all alike, you know, we're all brothers and sisters, you know, under the same God. And um, I think my love for these people, especially those that were the majority dealing with some sort of addiction, um, my love grew for them. And I think, you know, started to paint more context in my own recovery journey of what healing really meant. And especially this mindset of turning outwards mm. and helping other people, helping myself. So at the time, actually, I, I had a few relapses while I was out there. And this was, this was like a really hard point for me because I kind of felt this like, um, like, am I a hypocrite for trying to be out here, you know, helping yeah. people, you know, change their lives, come to God. And I'm still struggling with the same stuff that I thought I had put behind me. And so, you know, that was something that I think was starting to really eat at me. And I think the turning point there, as I was working with more people, I think God was showing me that you know, Chandler, it doesn't matter how many days clean you are, you can still be helpful to other sure. people. The more that I was trying to just forget about, you know, forget myself and really let go of my pride and my own definitions of what success had to mean. I think the more that I was able to like start to truly heal from within. Yeah. And then, you know, part of that story was really all about turning outwards. And so as I came back, uh, I started school here in Utah and uh, I went back and started just joining a bunch of group meetings, men's meetings uh, locally here. And this time around, right, I had been, you know, I, I wasn't new to groups. I'd been going to groups for a while. I had worked with a lot of people dealing with addiction in New York. And I kind of felt the sense of motivation. Like I wanted to kind of step up and help the groups that I was in be more effective at supporting each other. So in between weekly meetings, uh, I would kind of organize like, you know, either there was a WhatsApp or a group me chat or just text thread where, you know, I was like, guys, we're all going to go back and we can either choose to be isolated and do our own thing and then come back together once a week, or we can help each other stay connected and stay accountable and work the process, you know, in the, in the integrated sense of our lives when we walk away from tonight. Yeah. And, uh, and so we tried these things, you know, to try to like self-organize, how do we like leverage each other as a group? continuously throughout the week not just like in meetings and it was hard like things worked but it like it just took a lot of manual work to like be the one in these group chats like hey guys like how's it going everyone post you know post your update you know what report back for the day on the things that you were focused on and it was just really tough and so eventually you know i'm in college at this point i was doing some computer science classes i was taking some business classes um i think i'd started interning for for my first startup that i worked at and so i was kind of getting passionate about this idea of building software products that can help solve problems and innovating in ways that can create, you know, just better opportunities for people to have tools that are helpful and in yeah. whatever sense. So I, I wasn't really thinking about addiction recovery quite yet, but eventually kind of had this idea of what if there was a tool that made it easier for people. And it started with kind of between group meetings, people that already have a group, they're already going, 
how do we help them stay connected and stay accountable? Yeah. And that's, that's where Relay got started. Man. So did, did you feel like, um, when you look back on this now, even though you're kind of looking at the tech side of it first, and then that kind of bled over into the recovery aspect of it. I know like for me, when I was still, especially in the last year, I just really felt purposeless. I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know like, why am I here? It just didn't feel like there was a lot going on and it was very confusing. And then like once I had this path of recovery and like started the podcast stuff, I really felt a new purpose in serving others and trying to get out of myself. Did you feel some of that too? And was that a big part of like the motivation and the foundation setting to move forward with actually starting like this, you know, digital recovery tool? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so the startup that I worked at was doing this thing in the moving industry and I, I'd moved a lot, like I mentioned growing up. So you know, I kind of was like interested in it or had a personal connection to it. And we were trying to make it easier for people to like take your phone and scan your, you know, stuff in your house and get instant pricing quotes. If you're moving oh, from wow. LA to, to New York, uh, typically traditional movers come into your house with a clipboard and they survey your stuff and it takes yeah. a while to get a quote. So we were trying to do some cool stuff there. And like, I, I worked there for a couple years during school and ended up working full time um, helped launch, you know, the second product that they put out there. And I had a lot of ownership and I was learning a lot from a professional perspective, but, uh, you know, I was starting to get the sense of like, I don't want to be really working on this, like, you know, problem in the moving industry for my whole career. Yeah. And honestly, dude, like the, like it, I have empathy for the people in the moving industry again, cause I, I worked a lot with them over the course of those two years, we were working with yeah. a lot of mom and pop, like local, like moving shops. It's hard work. And they, they just were like, <laughs> you know, very stuck in their ways for the most part, like didn't really want to adopt new technology or like think about how to make the customer experience better. And I was just like kind of banging my head against the wall. Like, okay, I know we're like trying to do something good here, but this is just hard. And I just kept yeah. thinking like, yeah, like I think there could be something more meaningful that I could spend my time on. And, and it really was just clear that this theme of like doing recovery together was this area that I was feeling called towards. And that was why I just personally, I was trying to kind of be of be of service to those fellow peers in my groups like i was trying to be um the organizer the initiator to try to help you know us leverage each other better yeah but that was just kind of like very manual very kind of like small scale and not that it has to be big scale i think the power of like you know ministering to one person is is so important but sure. um i could see that like what i was learning from a professional perspective might be able to be relevant in creating a more broadly applicable tool that could help more people and make it more approachable too. Cause I started to realize I talked more about my story with people mm. and uh, I started to find tons of people who, you know, were, were struggling with, you know, one thing or another and had never gone to a group. So I, I had been talking a lot with guys in groups, but then I started to realize 80% of people, I'm just throwing that number out there, but the majority of people who are out there working on this or, you know, working on themselves, are still to the point where they haven't taken that leap to yeah. get a group, to get community, to get connection. And so it started to shift in my mind and feel kind of this calling and purpose of how can we help uh, reduce the friction and make it more approachable for people to get good tight knit support, mm. um, something more approachable than having to show up and show my face if I'm not quite ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. So almost bridging that gap in between, like maybe I don't want to you know, go into my local community where I might run into somebody I know and have sure. to, you know, there's that fear there. Um, what would you say to someone listening right now who 
you know, is maybe in that boat. Like they know that they, they want to take that next step. Um, you know, but they just, there's some fear there. They, they don't really know what, you know, where to start. Like what, what is that barrier that can maybe be helped broken down to take that next step? Yeah, no, I mean, I, one of the things that I think has been helpful for me to learn is that it's okay to kind of observe those parts within our own, uh, in our own brain that have the fears and they're voicing the anxieties. When we try to suppress those things, oftentimes, um, it, it only gets worse. And so I, I work with a lot of therapists over the course of building out relay and gathering their input to make sure we're building something that's clinically uh, effective. And, and one of the things that we've talked a lot about with them is like, hey, people need to have space, you know, to recognize that, you know, they should have curiosity towards those, those fears, those anxieties, and not just yeah. instantly, not not just instantly feed them and be like, that's truth, you know, and accept it, but also not just try to like, squash it and say, no, that's bad. I have to like, you know, I have to just get over it and be a tougher man and just show up and go do it. Right. There's kind of this healthy medium of giving space, but recognizing that that's just one of the voices that's kind of in in your brain. Right. Um, And that's natural, but there's another part of you that if you think ahead, you know, 20 years, you know, what part of you is going to look back and wish, you know, I, maybe I should have, you know, put myself in a place where, um, I had the best, better chance at healing. Like maybe I should have, you know, pushed myself a little bit in a healthy way to get yeah. the right support, to get the right tools and recognize that if you really think about what your life looks like in 10 years, 20 years, and if nothing, if nothing changes, what are the consequences? What are the implications mm-hmm. for your life? But then think, think about the flip side and think about how beautiful and how rich your life could truly be if you made that decision today, whatever that next step is, what if it's yeah. in person or if it's something you know, more digital, like relay or whatever else, you know, getting a coach or a therapist or joining a program. Um, I, I think really thinking ahead and, and internalizing those two paths can help you from a more healthy perspective and not just like shaming yourself into making that step, yeah. but giving yourself like the, the necessary motivation and the why, like, why does it matter? Well, like you probably want to be healthy for some good reasons. So figure mm-hmm. those things out. And I guarantee you that even if it's not fully comfortable, you won't regret taking that next step. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. Like I've, I've been to some boring meetings and I've been to some weird groups and stuff, but I've never really been to one that was like bad. Like I walked away feeling worse than when I went in. So I think it's all about that perspective and, um, you know, trying to look for those similarities instead of trying to find, well, I'm not as bad as that guy or that, you know, I'm, it's the, you know, there's, there's a lot there. And so it depends on the attitude, I think. Um, so let's talk a little bit about kind of the role of group support. Um, how, how do we find it? And then like, what would you, like, how would you explain what somebody can expect? Like in particularly, um, in group support, but also relay as well. Like what, what happens in it? Like, how does it work? Yeah. Yeah. I I think to understand group support, it's first probably helpful to think about what a support system means for your life generally. So think about just in general, the point of having deep relationships with people is really so that we can go through life together and share, share the ups and be there for each other through the downs. Yeah. So that's why we, you know, we seek out a mate, uh, you know, a partner to do life with, or that's why, you know, we try to work on family relationships and friends that, you know, there'll be good parts of life, whether that's, you know, work or personal hobbies or family or other things. Um, and then we all have, um, stressful trials and challenges and things that are difficult. So having a support system, I'm probably stating the obvious, but it's, it's developing relationships that can help, help you 
um, confront the challenges of life in a way that helps you grow and helps you be happy, whatever that version of happy means for you. And so in a recovery sense, I think a, a support system is a place where you can feel safe and have people who understand and can be there in that walk. You, you talked about the walk earlier Yeah. as you are trying to get healthy in this particular area. And a lot of people will quickly discover that it's really less about quitting drinking or quitting porn or whatever. And it's a lot more about how do I just get healthier in my life overall so that I don't need those things anymore. Yeah. Um, and so as a part of that, having other people that you can surround yourself with who have the same goal, who are trying to do that change. It, I mean, from my story, you probably heard when I started to have those people, I started seeing myself differently, which mm. unlocked greater change and greater healing. And without that, I was stuck in my own kind of thought patterns, thinking that I was, you know, a piece of crap who couldn't get his you know stuff yeah. together. And, uh, and so I think it's even just helpful to hear other people, even if their experiences aren't similar to you, even if there's a weird person or a cool person that you look up to in you know, everything in between. Um, I think it's getting to a place where we have a designated set of people and a designated time and a designated method by which we can get out of our own self to serve others. It's not just about getting. So yeah. th that's a principle too, to give support and get support, because I think that's where we can start to do the walk together. That just makes it easier. It's like, if you were going to go, you know, do something physically challenging, like climb a mountain. Um, I know some, you know, some people are introverted. They may want to do that themselves. I think objectively, it's probably easier to do something hard like that when you take you know, two buddies who are also equally motivated to summit this mountain. And uh, the three of you can go do it together and push each other when it gets hard. Like, I think yeah. that principle, we see it in sports, we see it in, um, you know, just general relationships and, and family, and I think every aspect of life. So that's to me, like why support group is so important with how tough recovery can be. Why would you try to do that alone? Like, I think it's almost, yeah. it is the stupid path to try to do it. Um, but it's also clinically shown that the brain can rewire easier when we add that connection part of it in. Um, I think the other piece, so when you come into relay, like what we're doing is if you don't have that group already, you know, you answer a series of questions and we'll help match you with a set of seven, eight other people who are in a similar boat. And we're not, we're not trying to over-engineer this. Like you brought up earlier, it's actually not necessary that everyone is identical to you and like, you know, same exact age and you know, all yeah. these criteria it's good sometimes to have a mix of perspectives, a mix of situations to learn from the diversity of, of people's experiences. But more or less, you know, you, you're getting put with other guys who are also trying to quit drinking, who are, you know, in a rough kind of um, general age group together who, um, you know, if you care about spirituality and faith, we put you with a group who cares about that. And if you don't, mm. then you don't have to be in a group that, that cares about uh, the faith based aspect. So we're kind of dynamically putting people with with groups that they can mesh with. And then unlike a Reddit or Facebook, this isn't like a public social media thing. This is like your private group. Mm. Um, you know, and if, if it doesn't work out, actually, we, we frequently can rematch you with another group. And so we have people that, you know, say, I want to add a second group. I like my group, but I want mm. another one. Um, but it's, it's, you can control, um, you know, with that group of people, how much you ease into it and you can choose how anonymous you can stay. So I can use, you know, a nickname or mm. I can use my, my real name. A lot of people just use their first name. And I don't have to set a real profile picture, you know, half the people do because they find that, you know, once I feel like I'm getting to know this group of eight, eight other guys through the app and we're all kind of like working on this process together, I actually want to go deeper and like invest in each other because that's where you get the value of a support system. Yeah. But the, the beautiful thing about Relay is we don't force you to make that jump before you're ready. We help make that natural 
so that you can start to develop these relationships uh, through the group chat. So it's it's all chat based. Mm. Um, if you want, we we offer live meetings as well. But the default for people is we actually we want it to be approachable. But we actually think that um, I mean meetings are are really valuable and they have a place. But how do we help integrate support to your life when you're busy and you only have 10 minutes on a lunch break and you don't have mm. two hours yeah. to go to a meeting? Well, I can open the app and I can check in with the guys in, in the chat and I can see exactly how they're doing because you can see, I guess this is the other piece of Relay is you're tracking kind of your personalized recovery plan and we'll help you create that. And uh, you can actually see the default uh, interactions are uh, visibility. So it takes away the friction from seeing Oh, Shane just did a check-in and I can see that he's struggling right now. Let me reach out and see how he's doing. Oh, nice. You may have not even, you know, thrown out a message, but I can see that and be there for you. And so what we see happening in these groups, and we, you know, we've done thousands of groups now since we first started, is a lot of people that felt really nervous about, you know, what groups are going to be like. They find it to be really natural because we kind of help make it happen a little automatically where um, the accountability is baked in. And because it's people who are in the same boat there's less shame. It's just focused yeah. on we're working the program together. Um, and a lot of people are, are doing this in tandem with, you know, working with a therapist or a coach or, and they're, they're able to input their goals into relay. Um, so that as a group, you can help each other and support each other and make it easier. Yeah. Love it, man. I love it. Lots of, lots of good, um, little components of it. And it sounds like it's very open to suiting, um, different, you know, different uh, wants and needs and kind of aligning people with the right group. So if somebody right now is going, man, that sounds kind of interesting. Like, what is the process for them? Just like, you know, can you give kind of a brief overview? I think maybe that even that alone helps to break down some of that fear of like, you know, uh, you know, signing up and getting plugged in. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So we make it so you don't need to talk to anyone or, or hop on any calls or do anything like you can do it all on your own at your own pace. So you can go either to the website and I think we'll have a, a code in the show notes uh, yep. from you guys, but um, you can go to the website or just download the app and we'll in the sign up process, we'll do two things. Number one is we'll actually help assess like, what are your main goals in being here with recovery? Like, what are you focused on? Maybe it's like, hey, I am working on quitting drinking. I'm also trying to get a handle on my porn use because it's really hurting my marriage right now. You know, whatever combination of things are, we help personalize a recovery plan to you. And not just the sobriety elements, we also help you identify, hey, what are specific boundaries that you can set and also healthy behaviors that can help make your life more balanced. So we find a lot of guys are really struggling with, you know, general self-care, like yeah. exercise or eating well or sleep. And those things have been uh, psychologically shown to be really, really important to recovery. So we kind of create this uh, holistic plan for you as you sign up. Um, so you, you'll create that plan and then we'll ask you some more questions to help us understand what type of group you want to be with, how often you're expecting to, to interact with them. Like, am I just trying to have a once a week type touch point or am I looking for like everyday type of support? Um, do I want to be with other people who are faith-based or not those type of yeah. things. And then, uh, uh, we offer a free trial so you can try it out without needing to put any money down. And in general, uh, the reason that it costs anything at all, I mean, we, we invest hundreds of thousands of dollars each year to make the product better. So that's one is we need to actually support making the tool better, which is really core to our mission is we want the tool to be the very best, 
uh, digital thing out there to help people. Yeah. Um, the other p- piece of it is, you know, that you're with other people who are willing to put a little bit of skin in the game. Mm. And this is lo- much, much cheaper than therapy. We've tried to make this to where, you know, if cost is the issue, we have options and scholarships to help support, nice. but you're getting a group of people who you can have a free trial, but we're putting, you know, I think it's like 50 bucks for three months worth of, of the program. Um, and in my group, then we, we start this process. So that's the sign up. I can then get introduced to them and start, you know, chatting in the group chat while I'm also starting to track my recovery plan that we just helped you create. And over time, as you start logging your data and how your plan is going, we surface improvements or or suggestions so you can know how to tailor your plan and start to be able to work with your group to, you know, get specific support from them on, on things. There's also, you know, content and other things to help provide education, but that's kind of fundamentals is it's on your own. You go to the website, you'll sign up, you'll create a customized recovery plan. Um, you'll, you'll answer some questions about the type of team. And that's, that's kind of where you go from there. You download the app, you get matched in the group and then it's kind of from there. Nice, man. Thanks for breaking that down. Um, sounds like a pretty easy process. And I think you mentioned you can try it for free. Um, we've partnered with you guys, which I'm really excited about as just an additional resource. Um, and if you go to, uh, join relay, uh, dot app. Uh, well, I actually, let me, let me say this. The link will be in the show notes. Probably the best way to, to say it. the link will be in the show notes. You can go there directly. If you look at, look in the show notes, click that link. It'll take you right to our um, site or the relay site with the sober guy promo code uh, to get 20% off when you sign up. And you obviously can try it for free first, but if you, you know, continue to do it, then there you go. You have that promo code to use as well. Um, and we really appreciate partnering with you guys and I love the work that you guys are doing. Um, we just got a couple of minutes before we wrap up. I want to be conscious of time. Um, anything you want to add as far as relay goes. And then on top of that, man, I always love to ask this question. If there's someone out there struggling right now, who's going, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Um, you know, what advice would you give them, um, Chandler from your, from your experience? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, just, just kind of to wrap up the relay stuff, like, going back to why why I started working on this, it was really because I realized how important it is to have that good support system and how, yeah. how tricky it can be to f- figure that out and how, how daunting it can feel. Like I was there, I talked to hundreds of people who felt the same way. And so we like our mission, like the team that we built to work on this, like we really want this platform to help people do recovery together. And, uh, and so, yeah, like pl- please, you know, if you try it out, you know, I'm a normal human being, you know, I'm not just this like business guy, recovery guru. Like I want to hear your feedback. Like we're, we're making yeah. the product better um, based on people's feedback to try to make it easier to help in all of the aspects of recovery. Um, and it's cool. Like the more uh, therapists we've talked to, we have a lot of like clinical people that are now invested in helping make the platform better. And, and so it's been a really like special journey to your point of like, you don't have to go do something, you know, like building an app or, or starting a podcast. Like those things are great, but yeah. I'm kind of segueing into advice. Like I think finding that purpose and finding your meaning, um, you know, is the journey that, that we've all got to start with. And so, yeah, if you're out there and, and you're kind of earlier in your process or you've been at it a while and you've tried a lot of things already, like, I think a lot of us have been in that boat too, of like, you know, we've been trying stuff for years and yeah. nothing's you know been able to totally help completely. I, I think the thing I would say to that is, you probably are doing better than you think. You've probably already grown in more ways than you know. And I, my wife actually is 
brought this to my attention when I'm kind of struggling internally, you know, dealing with still imposter syndrome or other things like mm -hmm. she, she'll tell me Chandler, like, I think the things I love the most about you are because of your recovery journey, because you haven't given yeah. up because you're trying to help other people. And like I said, that doesn't have to be anything grand or, or, uh, or special, but if you're out there, like the sooner you can turn outwards, both to, to go and find support for yourself, but also to, to turn and start helping others. Um, I, I think the, the more you're going to see the change that you want in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Good, good stuff. Great advice. Um, thank you so much for sharing, you know, a little bit about your own journey. Um, once again, the link to join relay, if you want to try it out, it will be in the show notes and, and just, uh, you can also go to that soberguy.com If you click on the sponsors tab, um, or, or partnerships, one, I think, I think it's sponsors. Yeah. And you click on that and you'll go there. There's a little button there you can find as well. Um, man, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, Chandler. It's been great to, you, uh, to chat and get to know you a bit. Super great to be here. Thanks, man, for all you're doing. Keep it up. Awesome, man. Thank you. I hope something spoke to you today. Share the podcast with a friend. Connect with us on Instagram at That Sober Guy Podcast. Peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean.